0: Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. Unfortunately, playoffs are done for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which means we're talking offseason. We're just trying to see which players are sticking around, but we can't get into all that without breaking down that game six situation. So the best way to stay up to date on all information on the offseason now coming up nice and early for the Tampa Bay Lightning is by downloading that Odyssey app searching Pucks and Bolts, hitting the auto download button so that all brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it is time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Last time we hopped on here together, we were discussing what needs to be done for game five, what success they need to focus on in order to force a game seven after getting below in the series three to one. And there was An electrifying Game 5 atmosphere in Toronto for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Being able to pull off that win. Being able to force that Game 6. And it reinstilled a lot of hope. Hope in the fact that they can take this to Game 7. Hope in the fact that they can make a comeback. Hope in the fact that we've seen them do it once before versus Pittsburgh years ago. I want to say 2011. They were down 3-1 to in the series and pulled it off to make it to Round 2. Not the case. This time, I know that we've had about 48 hours to grieve, bolts fans. I'm sure no one is unaware of the results of Game Six, heads into overtime after a 1-1 situation, and the Toronto Maple Leafs break their curse, stamp their tickets around two, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, we're kind of stuck sitting in it. So where do we start with all of this? Well, again, translating everything from Game Five to Game Six, hopes were high, um, the anticipation was. Tampa Bay Lightning had every opportunity to pull this to a game seven. They opened up that first frame beautifully. Um, we've seen them do it the last two games, obviously, game six, game five, where they were just able to start being more commanding in that face-off circle, give themselves the puck possession that they need, and put themselves in a position to control the game as much as possible. When you've got heavy hitters like Austin Matthews, Nylander, and Marner that you know are doing everything possible to get their team on the board and putting so many shots on goal. You've got to keep the puck away from those guys. So the highlight was the fact of how much effective and efficient play the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to produce. And that did start in that first period ever so well. Um, we were seeing that second line continue to build off of the success and the progress that they've been making throughout the entire series. Uh, the the line consisted of Hagel, Sorelli and Cologne. And they were the ones that were able to initially really kind of tilt the ice for these guys. Now that top line that changed over to Stamkos, off and point, they were getting a lot of shifts. Coach Cooper was making a lot of rapid changes, I think just to keep the Toronto Maple Leafs on their toes. And it played well for 40 minutes. Um, once they got into that second frame, it, when the Toronto Maple Leafs got on the board after a heavy, quick tilt. And it was Riley that got the job done, uh, a guy who obviously became enemy number one at some point in this series after that hit on Braden Point. And at least Coach Cooper is the kind of coach where he's not particularly biased. He can always be honest as to what somebody brings to the ice. And he warned media that. Riley is a really good guy outside of the ice and he's going to be a hockey player on the ice. So he's a guy who's been a crucial piece for this Toronto Maple Leafs team, honestly, because of the physicality that he brings, the way that he anchors as a, at the blue line and also his ability to put pucks on net. And he did just that. Uh, not the quickest response time that we've seen all series long. And we know that Anthony Sorelli has typically been on the end of that responding uh, portion, but Luckily, the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to even the scoreboard, and it was oh, captain, our captain, Steven Stamkos that puts up a goal, makes it a one-one game, and just kind of brings this momentous swing to the team. Now, before we get any further as to what they did well, what they could have done better, we do have to tip our hats to Samsonov and the performance that he put on between the pipes. Um, it was just really hard to get pucks past him, and we've talked a bit here on Pucks and Bolts about. What kind of shots kind of get the job done and how you have to get a little unpredictable? And in the words of Mikey Acemont, you got to get crafty to get past Samsonov, not because he's this extreme goalie who's putting up these ridiculous numbers. It's just his ability to cover the lower half of the net, and you've got to get fancy with it or you got to switch things up. And that wasn't particularly the case. When the Tampa Bay Lightning got their power play opportunities in Game 6, He saw the setup for the Steven Stamkos one timer from that left circle. And I think a lot of us between media and also Bolts fans have talked about it for the past three years. There's something that has to change on that power play in order to keep it consistent. And that sweet spot can't be the left circle from Steven Stamkos. And I think that that was just becoming a a a predictable shutdown situation. The Maple Leafs were all on top of it. Um, Samsonoff was able to control and manage and cover that side of the net. So that was something that kind of started to take the wind out of the bolt sails. Now in order to keep the momentum going and keep the shots firing, it was that second line that would play a huge role in that. Brandon Hagel's ability to take away the puck from the Toronto Maple Leafs and just play this flustering defense, Anthony Sorelli's sticky coverage, and then Alex Kalorn's ability to just charge towards the net, wrap around the net, keep the puck on his stick, try to set up his players. I mean, his passes from behind the net, I probably think we saw the most of that in this game six. So a lot of great highlights stemming from that second line. But as for the line that really started to put up some numbers, it was the third line with Mikey AC, Ross, Colton, and Nick Paul. Nick Paul came out hot and heavy, ready to pick up where he left off from game five, where he finally got on the board and, uh, Put some water on a drought, 30 games since his last score. And this is a guy that was a complete difference maker versus the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. And we were hoping that once that monkey got off his back, it was just going to be this snowball effect and that he'd be able to post some goals. Uh, He hit the post, but he did not post any goals. But this was a line that was helping generate the most offense uh, between game five and game six, surprisingly enough. But when you watch the game, you're just completely breathtaking by what that second line kept doing and the consistency behind it. Now knowing Coach Cooper, when that third period came along and you've got this even scoreboard at 1-1, he's going to throw some things in the blender and switch things up. And the biggest thing that he wanted to make an impact with and a spark and a momentum swing that he tried to put in play there was by throwing Hagel back on that top line with Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. And it did start to feel like it was making a difference there for a moment. I think that was probably also a crucial point in the game that helped keep the scoreboard even to take this game five or get take this game six into overtime. And you saw a lot of good looks from this team. You saw a lot of pucks that you really thought were going to go their way. I think that's the hardest part about this game six loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And when talking to Steven Stamkos, particularly after the game, he just said that there was too many missed opportunities. And sometimes when it comes to these playoff battles, you need puck luck. And, In so many ways, not as an excuse, that is what it comes down to. It came down to a lack of puck luck. I mean, there were so many great shots by this team. They outshot the Maple Leafs through the first, uh, I want to say, 30 minutes, you know, the entire first frame and half of the second frame. And they just weren't able to get anything past Samsonov. There wasn't even these immaculate defensive plays from the Toronto Maple Leafs that we had seen in the previous couple of games, they switched up their lineup and their deep pairings um, hall went out obviously after catching a lot of heat after game five and being solely responsible for being on the ice for if not all of the Tampa Bay lightning goals, majority of the Tampa Bay lightning goals. So uh, Sheldon Keith made that switch up, brought in some other guys to hold it down defensively. And I think that that change up allowed the Tampa Bay lightning to spread out the Maple Leaf sweaters better they weren't jamming up the net as much as we saw through the first five games. But even in that, Samsonov just had a heck of a performance between the pipes. And it was just hard to get those pucks past And it was hard to get anything to count. Um, now, another thing that I know bolts fans are feeling very heavy hearted about after that loss is that there were certain calls that did not go in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And not to make this whole controversial, it came down to calls. It came down to this. It came down to that. In many ways, they got outplayed by Toronto because you can't lose two home games in overtime and expect to win a series. And I think that's kind of been a resounding statement from Coach Cooper to the players to fans that just kind of really been leaned into this series. So at the end of the day, regardless of how certain aspects of game six planned out, they put themselves at a disadvantage by losing two home games in overtime when they had full control of winning both of those games. They just couldn't finish. They just couldn't execute. But Taking it back to some of that game six controversy, there were some really tough calls that could have been impactful or could have made a slight difference to this game result if it played in favor of the Lightning. Um, You know, Nikita Kucherov gets called for a tripping play while he's in motion. The same play happens not even five minutes later, but the Toronto Maple Leafs don't get called for it. Then there was the biggest one where we've seen a lot of character coming out of Brandon Hagel this season. And that just gives you something to look forward to next season. But uh, as the third period wrapped up before that overtime situation came into play, Brandon Hagel gets a breakaway charging down the ice and trying to make a play to put his team over so that they don't have to go into overtime. And he gets a high stick to the face, a clear concise stick to the face right at his mouth. One referee sees it, the other one doesn't call it. It ends up becoming a no-call, and we see Hagel flipping out as he's going over to the bench, and even as he's heading down the tunnel towards the locker room, he was fuming over that. Um, Called the referees, bummed. (laughs) And he had every right to be upset because it was a clear penalty that just could have changed maybe some flow of the game. Who knows? Uh, Because like I mentioned, Samsonov was having himself a stellar night.